Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to help. And fair warning, our help comes with some strong language attached. So if you're sensitive, maybe go lie down and, you know, like, turn this off. Because we're about to say some things. As a reflex to the fucking madness on the news, we're keeping it positive, uplifting, but opinionated. We talk about cultural moments we love, talk to people we adore, crushes we have, and self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Oh, hi. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of our show. We're so happy to have you. Yay! Welcome back. This week has been a little insane. Yeah, in so many ways. So many ways, like culturally, (laughs) spiritually, physically. Nationally. Nationally. (laughs) News-wise. Yes, all those things, all the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, the Met was last week, which is like, I mean, you can't, I'm not even going to talk about Kim K and the disrespect of wearing that dress, but I will talk about how beautiful Rihanna looked as a marble Oh my God. Because the thing is, is she's like 15 months pregnant. Yeah. So everyone, so she probably didn't want to go through all the drama of like getting dressed. Feet all swollen. uh, To go to the Met just so we could Mm -hmm. live. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, I was just like, it's for us every time. Um, So they did this beautiful marble statue of her. I think it's her Vogue cover where she is pregnant. It was so stunning. So we still got our Rihanna moment. I'm like, is it real art? It's digital art. But regardless, at least I got my Rihanna moment, you know, Mm because that's who I watched the Met ball for. Uh, And the only other person that I was like... Was Lenny Kravitz looking fine in that corset? <laughs> I Literally, don't know he how. he never misses. He never. He he's like, hey never. guys, I'm gonna allow you to see me. What if you need a little treat for your eyes? Go look at him getting ready on his Instagram. He's got like some still pictures of him getting ready and just that 57 year old body mm-hmm. is just right and tight. Uh, let me just tell you that it's mm-hmm. uh, good. It's I, all working. It's all working. It- <laughs> Lenny, all your parts are working for me. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, we can't have the antidote if we don't have something to get an antidote from. Yeah. Starting up top now with our bummer news of the week. Um, First up, you know, the Supreme Court decided they might overturn Roe v. Wade. And the only way we found out because a leaked document allegedly written by Justice Samuel Alito started circulating. And it was like quietly circulating since February. And somehow it hit Twitter and the world now knows. And in the draft, Justice Alito wrote, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. (sighs) 
The document is wow. marked first draft and dated February 20, 2022. But the thing that's infuriating about it is I have now seen breaking news just this uh, just today that part of the draft said that the U.S. needs a, and I quote, domestic supply of infants to meet needs of parents seeking to adopt, that those who would otherwise abort must be made to carry to term to give their children up for adoption because the adoption needs in America are so high, we don't want to import. Like, what? That's the implication. Well, at the end was just me adding my own implication. But like, what? What? Yeah, that... That's you a judge? You a judge saying this shit? First of all, I don't know the statistics exactly, but it seems like there's still a lot of kids to adopt. They might be older kids. Yeah, if you don't want like a fresh, if you want a fresh baby, that's true. Like they only stay fresh for a few weeks. So <laughs> I feel like if Amy Coney Barrett wants to do like uh, farms. Um, for these children um, to just come out and um, then, you know, give them to, I guess, rich people. It feels very handmaid's tale. If that ain't the most fucked up thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that's the thing that's so agonizing to me is like, there is no domestic shortage of children. This is not a system that will now occur if Roe v. Wade is, a, is struck down. It's not like, oh, great. Now I can adopt domestically. No, Angelina Jolie wanted to get her baby from over there. So that's what she did. Like, that's not... It's not that they can't or don't want to. Like, it just, it's like making two things compute that don't compute. And also- They, they absolutely don't. Yeah. yeah and the fact yes. that Justice Clarence Thomas apparently said in Atlanta, we can't be an institution that can be bullied into giving you the outcomes you want. Like, he's like, you can't bully the Supreme Court. I mean, what is a protest then? A protest is not bullying. A mm. protest is saying this is the will of the people, nine people who control the fate of 300 million people. Yeah. That's the reason why that's a citizen's right and a citizen's duty to protest things yeah. that they don't like. That's what protest is for. That's the reason why we have free speech. So we can let the nine people nine. who control our entire livelihood uh, livelihood of, of 300 million people, we could be like, hey, guys, we don't like it. <laughs> like, we don't <laughs> like that you might take away rights for uh, women, that you're going to force women to carry pregnancies to term that they, A, can't afford, B, are sometimes medically necessary, C, come from rape or incest, D, just because she don't want to. It can also just be because yeah. she don't want to yeah, bring a child into the world because it's her still body. and yet, even my most feminist, badass friends or whatever, when they decide to have children, more of the shit is on them than mm -hmm. it is ever on the man. That's mm -hmm. just how our society is built. And how our bodies are built. <laughs> That's how our bodies are built. That's Biologically, we have to go through the trauma of birth. And then once that's over... Women have, you know, often breastfeed. That's on us. Like there's so much of child rearing. Like men have not still gotten to the point where they're 50-50 child rearing with us. So, you know, if we're going to be signing up for all that work, we should want to do it, right? It takes me right back to that quote from Veep. Vice President Selena Meyer said, if men could have abortions, you could get them at an ATM. <laughs> and I'm like, it's so fucking true the way that this country wants to police women's bodies um the men 
And then the white women who vote for them who don't even realize what they're doing to themselves. So It, it would be chaotic if this actually has been handed down. And if it has been handed down by the time this episode airs, I guess we're in the sunken place. <laughs> but so far, it has not been handed down yet. But it seems likely that it will. Yeah, well, the bummer news doesn't stop there. First, I'm scared for our bodies, and now I'm scared for our world. There are strong winds that are fueling wildfires in New Mexico, and it's just another sign of climate change and how our country is, you know, or our world is literally being like, hey, can you leave? Um, (laughs) Basically, the Calf Canyon slash Hermit's Peak Fire is the largest fire in the history of New Mexico, and it's burned through 165,000 acres so far. And the fire is causing so much damage that it's threatening a multi-generational culture that has endured there for centuries. There are descendants of Hispanic settlers who arrived there long before the U.S. was even a country. It's like literally bad. Like, I don't know how to spell out bad, except by saying all the things I just said. It's bad. Sounds pretty bad. And there are at least six other wildfires currently scorching other parts of New Mexico, according to the National Interagency Fire Center. And this week, President Biden approved a disaster declaration for five counties. Like, all of New Mexico's on fire. I don't even know. Like, if a fire broke out in my apartment, I'd be like, okay, let me grab my computer and my photos and my documents. And, and I road. would lose everything else. Like, the trauma of losing all your belongings and losing your home. And this is a fire that's literally caused by severe drought and the climate crisis. And so it's sort mm-hmm. of like, who is responsible it's it's us. Yeah. Uh, the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> it's it's people. Yeah, climate change, like the 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 assertion that climate change still isn't real is so crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's real. Um, let's just say it now. It's real. Okay. Well, uh, let's get into the antidote. Yeah. So this is the segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. Um, what was your antidote this week, Grace? Well, um, I am currently working on a show on Netflix mm. uh, starring the lovely and amazing Michelle Buteau. Oh my God, love So, her. Uh, yes, she is the best. So we, uh, as a staff, uh, went to go see her stand-up show um, at the Netflix is a Joke Festival nice. uh, this week. And it was really lovely because, first of all, you know, we've been working all over Zoom. And it was so great to meet um, my coworkers for the first time and see what their legs looked like, see how tall they were because we've just been working <laughs> over Zoom. And I was like, oh, my God. And one girl had freckles. I was like, girl, you have freckles. You can't see that on the Zoom. And so... Uh, <laughs> We had a dinner at Superba first, and then we walked to the Hollywood Palladium, where um, it was a a lineup of comics, not just Michelle. Uh, uh, It was hosted by Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. That's so cool. (laughs) Legendary. And I was just like... And then I saw them up close. I was like, these bitches look good. They they look great. So it was so cool to see them in person. And it was on the day that that we learned about the Roe v. Wade thing. Oh, and so boy. it was good to like be in a real like liberal 
uh, feeling crowd, although there was one comedian that was definitely not liberal. Um, but uh, everyone else was, it was women. Uh, so there was Michelle Buteau, who killed it. I think she did the best, but I am, I don't know, biased. <laughs> I bet she did. Uh, Margaret Cho yes. was also incredible. Like, I grew up like idolizing her yes. and um, I used to watch her sitcom mm-hmm. or whatever it was only one season but I used to love her sitcom yeah, and um, you know just a queer you know Asian icon just yeah. uh, just it was such a pleasure uh, to see her um, Christella was great Angelia Johnson was great uh, Tracy Ashley was one of my favorite comics um, and Amy knows this, is that I love Mm stand-up. Like, literally, if I had sort of got my shit together when I was in my 20s and started doing stand-up, I probably would be a stand-up. But uh, and everybody tells me it's still not too late, but I'm just like I feel like it's too late because I'm too it's busy. It's a little late. And I got I what got time going to at 11 p.m. On you know what Thursday I'm saying? Night. I got time to be to be bombing. You know, multiple times like my manager come see me do something, be bad. Nah, I'm <laughs> sorry to crush uh, your dreams. But it's too late. <laughs> I will sit in the stands and uh, just watch uh, the people do it because I I absolutely adore it. And so it was the first stand up show I'd been into in two years. Uh, uh, just I love female stand-ups and it was just yeah. great to see such a great lineup of uh, the ones who are really, really, really doing it. Um, um, and it was such a fun, fun time that obviously made me laugh a whole lot. Uh, so that was my antidote, Amy. What was yours? Um, wow. I, I love how we kind of always have like similar antidotes. Mine's like the the budget version of your antidote. <laughs> Um, My antidote this week was having a virtual happy hour on IG Live um, with my writing program. I started this writing program called Tribe last year during the pandemic when it was like, you know, Black creatives, how do we convene? Like, how do we find each other? Um, And there are a bunch of writers in the program. There have been about uh, 33 writers who have come through the program to date. And Mm -hmm. we graduated a class recently and now are trying to find ways to stay in touch. And they're sort of spread out. A lot of them are here in LA. Um, some are in New York, some are in different cities. So um, uh, mm-hmm. my friend thought of this amazing idea um, to host like virtual happy hours with the writers mm-hmm. so that we could stay in touch. And so we've been doing it on Fridays, just real quick. Like it's not even an hour because, <laughs> you know, a mm-hmm. bitch is busy. So it's mm-hmm. six to like 6.40. Um, uh, but we get on, we have a drink, we talk about writing journeys and careers and mm-hmm. how they're feeling about their craft and where they're at along the journey. Um, and it's so great. It's like, I, I'm not someone who's like jumping on IG live like that. Like, you know, I'm not just like a rapper backstage being like, let me just get on the live real quick. Let me just share my thoughts with the world. Like, that's not what I do. Um, I'm a pretty private person. Uh, but being able to do that in this way with friends and like, feel like stay connected, you know, it's like so special and it's been really fun and I look forward to it every week. It has been really fun to do virtual happy hours on IG live. And you know what? It like, it's not like as like functional as zoom, but it's nice because your other friends can join and like leave comments and talk to you and all this stuff. Yeah. Give you little reactions. Yeah. I'm talking like an old person who discovered IG live super late, but <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely my antidote this week. Well, I love that because, you know, it's about giving back 
to uh, you know these these glorious writers that you mentor. I like already stole one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my my sweet assistant Woo-woo, Liz, who I saw she was wearing a fun wig. Yes, on, uh, the IG live. Yes, that she like, dyed yes. herself. She dyed it herself. I was like, this is beautiful. <laughs> I enjoy watching those. The ones that. I uh, thing. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's a wonderful antidote. Thank you. Also, we want to know what your antidotes are, listeners. Tell us your self-care stories, uh, please. We love to hear from you guys. So head to our website, antidoteshow.org. Just know the on that one, just antidoteshow.org. And scroll to the bottom and press contact us. Send us a voice note or a video. We might just play it on a future episode. Yeah, we're we're um, considering doing a mailbag episode soon. So uh, please, we need contents for our mailbag episode so we can speak directly to you. Um, so shoot us an email and we look forward to receiving it. In the meantime, we'll be back right after this break. It's easy to grow more vibrant plants. Just feed them with miracle Grow Shake and Feed. Shake a little around your plants once every three months and you're good. That's all you need to know. Not even sure what to talk about for the rest of this commercial. I guess I could list off my favourite plants. The weeping fig. Honeysuckles. Any kind of fern. I'm a sucker for a fern. Spider plants. Roses. Classic. Oh, wait. I forgot to have to say the slogan, too. Miracle Grow. All you need to know to grow. Welcome back to The Antidote. We have a special guest today. Who is it, Grace? Well, our lovely and amazing guest is probably the person I see the most, although this is our first time meeting. What? This host, author, motivational speaker, model, and Peloton coach, is my favorite instructor whose bike boot camps and arms workouts have me calling out to the ancestors for strength. (laughs) And she has used her platform to speak out on Peloton about racial justice, grief, and women issues. Sis is a founder of the Speak Movement, an Instagram live series aimed at giving a platform to those facing adversity. She hosts the new Peloton podcast, Fitness Flipped, and her new book, Speak, Find Your Voice, Trust Your Gut, and Get From Where You Are to Where You Want to Be, drops on May 3rd. Please welcome the glorious Tunde Oyunin. Not the ancestors. (laughs) Yes, the ancestors, girl. And honestly, like those two-pound weights that I have on the back of my bike, they be feeling like 15-pound weights when you're done with me. Oh, my God. I hear it. I hear it. The ancestors answered that call. They said, I know she didn't call us for this again. (laughs) Again? Grace, you can do it. The ancestors are busy. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Amy Grace. So wonderful to be here with y'all. Thank you. Thank you. You are so impressive. But we aren't here to talk about your many, many, many accomplishments. Okay, Tunde? We're here to get deep. So let's check in first. How are you feeling today? Like for real, like not small talk. Is there anything weighing on you? Okay, not small talk. Mm -hmm. I am feeling, hmm. Oh, so many feelings. I am feeling overwhelmed. There's so much happening right now. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And in this overwhelming moment, I also feel so much gratitude because I'm overwhelmed with opportunities, Mm. which is a blessing. And the power of both ands, and I'm tired, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I just came from Brooke Shields' house ah. because she read my ah. book and highlighted and underlined and highlighted and wanted to interview me. <sighs> 
And that is, I just posted something on Instagram and I said, let me, let me not act like this is not a big deal. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm also just, I, I'm also in this moment where I'm, I came home and I put my bags down. I'm talking to my dogs. I've abandoned my dog all day long. Caesar and icon. And yeah, I thought to myself, what is this universe that you've landed in? So I am overwhelmed. I'm overjoyed. I'm in deep gratitude. Um, and I'm also tired, yeah. but I'm good. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I can't believe us in Brook Shields. Did you hear that, Grace? I mean, I'm just hearing. I know. I'm so sorry that you went from the palace <laughs> to the ghetto. <laughs> hey, girl. Wow. You took it that way. And instead, I was like, wow. <laughs> we amazing. <laughs> we are. We are. I mean, well, yeah. You know me. I'm uh, happy to close out the night with beautiful sisters. So, oh, hey, thank nice you to see so you. much. Yes. Well, let's keep those good vibes going. We need that right now. Uh, the show is called The Antidote because life is hard and we all need different antidotes to deal with the bullshit. So we want to know, what's your antidote? In other words, what's something non-work related that's bringing you joy this week or this month? My dog. Ah! My dog, Caesar. Caesar, my dog, is my best friend. Um, the other night he had to, to spend the night at one of my friend's houses because my schedule was kind of crazy that day. And I said, it's not even fair to him to not you know, have zero attention today. So just stay with, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I, I just recently moved and I'm in a much larger space. And, you know, I'm in this space in my life where I think that so often in life we, let me rewind and say I'm a single woman. I'm 36 years mm. old. I live in Brooklyn by myself. Feel you, feel um, you. I think so often in life, we, life we wait. Mm -hmm. We wait. We wait for things to start living. We wait for uh, to find a partner. Mm -hmm. We wait to have children. Yeah. You wait to do all the things. And so I said, let me show up for myself in this moment mm -hmm. by myself. Let me create this and then they can join yes. me. Yes. And so I just recently moved into my first home and I have not, I have not spent a night here by myself without my dog yet. Aww. And so I was here last night without my dog. It felt so Empty. Wow. I miss, and you know what? Part of me was like, Ooh, I don't have to walk this dog tonight. I just go straight to bed. Like I felt really good about it. And then I, you know, I'm used to hearing his pitter patter. Yeah. Then I'm used to feeling his, the warmth of his body. And yeah, so my dog, he, when I began to go in mode where I realized that I haven't looked up from the computer or gotten up from my desk in eight hours, mm -hmm. I look at him and then he brings me yeah. back. Aww to my center like he's like okay sis I mean first of all his Instagram presence is iconic um <laughs> I just want to talk about like because he just seems so unbothered he's so unbothered he's unbothered <laughs> and I just want to know like when you got him did he come with that energy or was it just like I'm around Tune Day I'm like and I gotta be chill you know what I'm saying she's got so much energy I gotta like calm down <laughs> Well, you know what? I think that animals do take on a lot of characteristics of their of their their owner. Mm -hmm. And I am vibrant and loud and all the things. When I am home in my house, sisters, I am so chill. Yes. And so unfazed mm -hmm. and quite unbothered. And so I think he does pick up some of that from his mother. <laughs> uh, but this dog just, he he's, takes it to a whole nother level. He's so unbothered, so unfazed. Only thing he cares about is food. Like, feed him. 
pet him and life is good. He's so famous. Anytime <laughs> I'm walking him um, around the neighborhood, people don't even say hello to me. They they run and they say, Caesar! And they run and start petting Caesar. And I'm like, Caesar, okay, you pay the bills. Um, he don't pay a lick of rent. Okay, he's now reached a new uh, level of fame. And so he's been acting, you know, just like the most as of recently. I love that. <laughs> Caesar, you bring me to the party. You put me on the guest list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Caesar's signing tiny autographs with his little paw. <laughs> Here's another one. Tune day, stop walking. I've got to sign another one. <laughs> I'm sure he will make a cameo before before we're done here. He will make a cameo. Oh my goodness! That, that is very exciting to me. So, um, you used to be a celebrity makeup artist, and I actually do. You do from time to time. I know you work with Revlon, and from time to time, you you'll do a little. Like I learned how to do my eyes. See, I did it today for you yeah or whatever I did I did my eye so I see the wing um but um point being like now that it's so interesting that you had this whole other career like when you were living here in LA as a makeup artist like and now you are you know obviously this you know Peloton coach like author doing all these other things like so what is what is the role of makeup like how's it changed um for you like what role does it have in your life right now is it more mm, yeah mm-hmm. that's a great question nobody's ever asked me that before um I would say that I fell into the world of makeup I fell in love with it because I enjoyed gifting people with confidence mm. oh. growing up I didn't have a lot of confidence um I struggled with my weight I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. I went to a predominantly white school. Not only was I one of the only black kids, I was the only dark-skinned black girl. Mm. And so I didn't see people that looked like me. My mother was light-skinned. The media didn't use dark-skinned women uh, to represent beauty. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I saw an image of Naomi Campbell appear. She was being interviewed on something. And I saw her. I yelled my, to my mom to come into the living room. She came into the living room. I said, Mom, she's beautiful. My mom said, Yes. I said, if she's beautiful, then do you think it's possible that I'm beautiful too? And I slowly found confidence. And once I found it, once I tasted it, once I realized what it looked like, Mm -hmm. felt like, I felt like I wanted to share it with everyone. I wanted everyone to experience this feeling that I'd found. And so I fell into makeup because I loved gifting people mm-hmm. with confidence. Now, the the role that makeup plays in my life now is makeup allows me to show the world, mm-hmm. number one, the energy I'm on. Mm-hmm. It also allows me to also shift the energy that comes my way. You, baby, you throw a red lipstick. You talking on to Amy and then right you walk now. Through a crowd of people. That part. Like, you throw a red. Can't nobody tell no. you nothing. No. Right? Like, and that's the, you, it's this layer of how that you bring, the energy that you bring. I love yeah. that. And you really are speaking uh, like straight to me because I love a bold lip. I don't have one on right now. And the pandemic kind of ruined that for me because of masks and stuff. And Girl. But I bought my first red lipstick today. And literally today, I told Grace right before we started recording, I was like, I didn't put it on because I didn't want Grace to think I was dressing up for Toon Day. <laughs> 
I was like, no. Literally, I'm just like, we're all friends. Yeah, but the red lip is real, especially like Grace and I work in like still a predominantly male dominated industry in film and TV. And for me, it became important on set to wear a bold lip, like at least one day a week. I'm like, I'm going to wear a bold lip. Sorry, you work with the lady. <laughs> I'm going to wear a little heel. <laughs> yeah. Well, tied to the makeup journey, I wanted to ask about hair. Like, you cut your hair last year. It was a big moment for you. How liberating sure was that feeling? And what pushed you to do the big chapter? Oh, so many factors played into it. I mean, uh, as a Black woman, as a woman mm-hmm. in general, your hair is so much mm-hmm. Of your identity. Your hair is so much of your identity. I was in a space where I found that if I had braids versus a silky straight weave versus a ponytail versus my, my faux goddess locks, like depending on how I looked, people would treat me differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Men yes. would approach me differently. If I had straight hair or straight weaving, yo, 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 say black. Mm. If I had my goddess locks in, queen, <laughs> sis, empress. And so, empress. <laughs> and so I, I just, I wondered what I would be like if I was just me. I also didn't know what I looked like. I mean, I've been wearing a weave since kindergarten, mm-hmm. literally. Wow. I didn't know what I would look like owning my own beauty. Yeah. There is this thing. You look at yourself and there is a difference in the beauty that you see in yourself mm-hmm. because you look at yourself and you say, oh, my God, it's just me. Yes. No hiding. I was I was hiding. Yeah. This is just me. That's beautiful. And yeah. I, I I connect with that a lot, you know, because again, I'm from you know, I lived in New York for many, many years. And I and I would sometimes experiment like with different hair and stuff like that. And yes, it's very true that people like perceive you very differently. But like from the outside looking in as, you know, somebody who's ridden for with you since like 2020, late 2020, when I got my Peloton bike and, you know, a member of BGM, like you don't know like how that move was so moving to so many black women in that group. Like we discussed it for a while, just like the Queen Tunde, she cut her hair off. Yes, let's go, sis. Like, because it is true, like as black women, we are so identified with our hair. Um, and most of the identification comes from how long is it? How does it lay? Does it lay straight? Do you have edges? You know, it's all right. so... Do you have that good hair? What kind of hair is exactly. it? Exactly. For our listeners, it's uh, the BGM is the Black Girl Magic Peloton Group. And there, I also belong to BPR, I think it's called. And it's the... She got a shot of both Yes, now. Black Peloton Riders. So yeah, they're just, you know, Facebook groups uh, of Black people who love to ride Peloton. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I see a lot of articles about what you eat in a day to stay healthy, Tunde, and the things you eat to stay toned. I wanted to know if you had a favorite guilty pleasure, healthy or not, just a thing that... Well, I mean, I'll say this. I'll say this. Me saying what I eat isn't so that uh, somebody else follows. Um, Now, my guilty indulgences, and, you know, I love... Food. I love food. I think that food is part of enjoying life. Mm -hmm. Now, a good, a really good salad also like, you know, like makes my 
world hap- like happy and good and some of my friends make fun of it because I'm one of those people that genuinely <laughs> loves <laughs> challenge. It's um, weird. But I also genuinely love shrimp tacos and fried mm-hmm. chicken and a burger is my favorite food and I like to drink beer and eat french fries. A feast. But now that I live in New York, I've never been big on pizza. Like pizza's great, obviously, mm-hmm. but New York should call it something I know. or rather it's- Pizza, if you're if you're not yeah. having it in New York, it's not it called, it's a whole something other else. Game. They don't tell yeah. you that. It should it's be called something else. It's, it's like else. soccer and football. Like it should, it should just else. be called something else yes. over here because we doing it weird. Like I agree. Yeah. Call it cheese crust. Sauce yeah. Thing. Yeah. Exactly. Cheese Stuffy crust. Cheese sauce crust. Thing. Yeah. New York and Italy, only people who are allowed to call it pizza. It, um, that part. That's it. Yeah. Um. Last question for you. I was wondering, did you ever think you were going to reach and connect to as many people as you? have when you first started working with Peloton, especially on topics of race and grief? Yes and no, but mostly yes. Wow. Um, When I, after I took my very first cycling class, um, actually I lived in LA, I was a makeup artist. Um, I was in the space where I hated my job. Uh, I told you I got into the world because I enjoyed gifting people with confidence. I lost the artistry and it was all, um, it was corporate. Mm. And for anybody that uh, uh, is an artist, like, when you lose the essence of, it was corporate when I got mm-hmm, there and I understood right. that. 15 years later, a lot changed. The industry changed. Like, I fell in love with makeup because the girl who was going through chemotherapy, I was able to give her eyebrows. I was able to show her how to mm-hmm. put eyelashes on so she felt like she looked mm-hmm. like herself. The woman that had been in an abusive relationship for 20 years and couldn't look at herself in the mirror, I was able able to help her face the mirror. Mm. That's what I fell in love Mm. with. And so the industry was changing Mm. and it was all about this and looking like that and looking like the Maggie. And so the the gift, I wasn't able to give the gift that I got in the business to give. Mm -hmm. And so I was in this space of uncertainty and doubt, didn't know what I was supposed to do with my life, worked my butt off, uh, striving my dream car, living in my dream neighborhood in L.A., mm-hmm. felt like I had a lot to give up if I stopped. Yeah. And so I was in New York, um, and I took a cycling class. It was my first time taking a cycling class. By the time I'd unclipped from the bike, I was walking back to the hotel room. My walk turned into a skip, then a hop. I start laughing, and I start crying all in one second. Wow. I feel this wave of blue energy move through my body, felt it from my fingertips to my toes, I knew after my very first class that I would be cycling for the rest of my life. I knew that I would be teaching. I knew that I'd be teaching on the world's biggest platform. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I would be able to touch tens of thousands of millions of people. After my first class, I had absolutely no idea what Peloton was, but I was certain. Mm -hmm. So when you ask me, did I know that I would reach people in this way? Yes. But no, but yes. Mm -hmm. I said in the third grade that I wanted to write a book. Mm. My book, Speak, comes out May 3rd. Um, Speak, find your voice, trust your gut, and get from where you are to where you want to be. It's a story of all of the many lessons, the heartache and the trauma and the loss and the body image issues and the joy and the resilience and the triumph. And I I think that we're different as people, yeah. But I think ultimately as people, we all long for love. We all long for right. hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that 
people read this book and they see a little bit of themselves in me. And so they realize that we are more alike than we are different. I led a ride at Peloton. It was called the Speak Up Ride. Mm -hmm. Chelsea mm -hmm. and I, Dr. Chelsea Jackson Roberts and I, we teach a Breathe In, Speak Up series at Peloton. Mm -hmm. And the first one was right after the murder of George mm -hmm. Floyd. And, um, you know, the world was in a pause. And I let this Black Lives Matter ride. Um, 22,000 people took that ride live. Mm. That's how many people go and see J-Lo at MSG when she's in New York. And that's shit. a big I ride that just for anyone who doesn't know Peloton. That is a, a, a impressive number to join a live ride. Wow. Right. Some 200 and some thousand people have taken that ride now to date. My The reason I say that is to say that it was 22,000 people who united in solidarity in one moment mm. together in, in that time. Remember yeah. how we felt. It was like this massive protest gathering virtually. Mm. And so um, after that ride, there are people who messaged me, white women who messaged me and put on their page, post on their page and said they'd, they'd never taken my class before. That was their first time riding with me. Um, and that they hadn't taken my class because we didn't look alike. Holy shit. And because we didn't look alike, they thought we didn't have anything in common. Mm. And I applauded them for, for being courageous enough to say that on their page because Lord knows the comments came after them. Um, so I, com I complimented them or commended them rather for that because it's that type of vulnerability, honesty. Uh, that makes change. That gets mm -hmm. us out of this. Yeah, that makes change. Mm -hmm. You got to call yourself out. Call yourself out and then others will follow. They'll look deeper. Mm -hmm. And so it was as if that moment, I, I thought to myself, if you don't invest 20 minutes in me in a cycling class because we look differently, if you're a hiring manager, why would you invest 20 days, two years, or 20 years in a yeah, candidate yeah. that looks like mm -hmm. me, yeah. right? So yeah, that part of it. No, I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't know that that was going to be uh, part of my purpose in this. Um, however, I answered the call, and thank God you I did. I, I won't even say because because you know you have such a uh, like a light when you ride when I when you ride with you, uh, and I can even say that like on January sixth. Um, during that crazy time, when um, the Capitol was under siege, what I did is I got on the bike and I rode with you. Um, and so mm. you are really, you know, for someone who rides with you regularly, like you really do provide, like for those of us that do look like you, you provide a, a space mm. for us to feel safe. Um, and obviously you're doing you. the work for people who don't look like you. You've also spoken, like I, I remember you, you did that thing with Shonda or whatever. You, you've done like speeches yeah. and, you know, Peloton is giving you the platform to do, you know, uh, talks about race. And I think it's such a, a beautiful thing that you do for people, um, not only giving them the uh, space to work out and feel good and your playlists are fire, girl, all of that, but it also hey. gives uh, a lot of people the, the strength and the opportunity to show up and be truthful and honest and vulnerable on your platform. So I thank you for that. Hmm. Thank you for that. Wow. Thank you. I received that. I feel so much better now that we've talked to you. That was 
This has been amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So great to talk with y'all. Yeah. Do you have, I mean, we've heard about your book, but I'd love to, if there's anything you want to tell us about, if you'd like to mention the book the, when it comes out, anything like that, or anything you love. Yeah. So speak, find your voice, trust your gut and get from where you are to where you want to be. It's available wherever you buy books. It's also available uh, for audio version um, narrated by yours truly. Woo-hoo. It has been such a treat, such a joy, such a pleasure um, to see you. And I want to compliment you both for being two Black women in this space. What a movement this is in motion, just to see you both in motion um, as Black women in this predominantly not Black space breaking down barriers. I spoke with Bozema St. John recently, and Mm -hmm. she said, when you blast through glass ceilings, take caution, there will be scars. And um, I imagine the scars that the two of you that are inflicted, um, that are you're healing from, are possibly still cut and bleeding. And she also said, you blast through the ceiling and the person that follows behind you doesn't even know that you're the one to thank. And so for those that will follow behind you and don't know your name to thank you, I say thank you. Oh my God, today, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much today. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank this was you. such a joy to have you here. Thank you, ladies. And last but not least, where can people find you on the internet just before we... Oh, well, you know I'm Gen Z, so you know (laughs) I'm on Instagram. Well, actually, Gen Z is on TikTok, TikTok. so I did just get a TikTok. I'm not good good at using it yet. I'm not good at using it, but I... But I do have one, and I think I have 20 followers, so thank you for the 20 of y'all. You're going to have 22 after today, girl. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Give me 10 minutes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Instagram, tune to tune day, and then I think it's the same thing. I'm pretty sure I put the same thing on TikTok, tune to tune day on TikTok. Or maybe tune day. You'll find (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Tune Day. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> so to close us out, we're doing our creative tap-in, which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote? Yeah, girl, hit me. The creative adult is the child who has survived. And that's by Ursula Le Guin. Again, the quote is, the creative adult is the child who has survived. Yo, that's deep. Well, first of all, it makes me think of so many things, Grace, because first it makes me think kind of of therapy and how your inner child, the the part of you that like, in I don't know if it's all forms of, probably not some forms of therapy, where they talk about your inner child being like the youngest part of you where you first experience like pain or trauma. And that very often things that trigger you as an adult are a result of a conflict that happened when you were younger and you have to continue to soothe and feed your inner child as an adult so that Mm -hmm. you can stay like emotionally open and emotionally available and unlocked and, and um, not repeat traumas and all that. So it sort of made me think of that, but in general, it does make me think of that sense of play. One of my favorite Mm -hmm. um, therapists, Brene Brown, I've read like all of her books, um, talks about how we need to cultivate play as adults and, and, 
play is whether you are in a creative profession or not, you should find times in your day to sing, to dance, to make mistakes, to be creative for no reason with no outcome, like a monetary or necessary outcome so that you can continue to be tapped into your younger self. So I truly do agree with this quote that um, it's the child that survived because being an adult is learning the rules and, you know, wearing pants outside and like not picking your nose and singing on key and <laughs> and structure and order and screenplay software. And it's like, as a kid, it's like, I just want to write a story. I'm just going to start writing and I'm going to pick my nose. I'm going to take my pants off in the middle of the room and just keep on dancing to music. And I don't know what the beat is. And I'm like, that is creativity being um, unburdened by the things you've learned and processed mm. um, and just getting to be. So the quote yeah. weirdly like made me feel sad when I heard it, but that's what I think it means. And there is some happiness in that. Well, what about you? What does it make you think? Um, it just makes me think of, you know, as children, there's so many people who intentionally or unintentionally tell you what and what you cannot be. There's teachers who say there maybe they might be trying to be helpful, but they're saying, oh, you know, maybe you should pick something more practical or it's really hard to do that. I tried that and it didn't work out for me, so it probably won't work out for you. Um, I once had a friend who had like a guidance counselor and uh, she wanted to go to a certain university and the guidance counselor was just like, well, I don't think that, you know, that's for you because you didn't take AP classes. And I feel like, you know, sometimes parents do that. Again, sometimes out of love because they think that um, steering you towards a more practical uh, field um, is actually helpful because they don't want you to deal with a lot of disappointment. They don't want you to be poor for several years. And, you know, I won't lie, you know, I really didn't get my career really popping off until my 30s. So uh, in a way, they were right. I was poor for about... Uh, <laughs> Like over 10 years after college or whatever, I was pretty poor. But um, there was something in me that needed to do this, that needed to be an artist, that needed to be a creative person. So when I think about the child who has survived, it's the child that was able to sort of block out all those voices that doubted the ability to... Uh, create, like thrive in a creative profession. What I love about this quote is that, yes, it is sort of, you have to put on your armor starting when you're a child. If you want to become a creative adult, like you have to kind of put on your armor. Okay. I'm a block this teacher. I'm a block this friend. If you're still uh, dancing and you're, if you're still singing, and even if it's not your profession, the fact that you were able to block out all the negative messages around creativity means that you are, how you say, a survivor like Destiny's Child. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? Mm, I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, we'll be here next week. 
And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracie Act. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe and rate us five stars at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And call a friend. The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. It's produced by Jenna Hanchard and our associate producer is Taylor Polidor. Our executive producer is Erica Kraus and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Eric Romani. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM Studio Executives in Charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. Bye-bye. <laughs>